What would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed, what would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of global Swedish design and inspiration brand Dream Life and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people like you to chase your own dream life, whatever that means for you. Many years ago, I wrote down a dream on paper that would one day bring Swedish design to the world and create beautiful, inspiring and meaningful products that would bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to leverage everything I've learned to help you dream big and to create a global movement to inspire 101 million people to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode will dive deep into the power of dreaming and share real insights and practical ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode. A couple of weeks ago, I had my friend Molly Benjamin on as a guest, and she's the author of the book, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And I love her book so much, and it was such a great episode. And I completely forgot to talk about the collaboration that we have done with Ladies Finance Club, which is um, Molly's business. And we have created a money planner. It comes with lots of different covers and I absolutely love it. And uh, I decided to invite Molly back to talk about the journal because there are so much in this journal and it's really helpful for anyone who wants to start thinking about their financial life or perhaps if one of your dreams is to create your financial freedom, whatever that is for you. So I have invited her back to talk about the journal. And even if you don't have the journal, there are a lot of great tips. So definitely give this one a listen. I can't wait to hear what you think. Let's get into it. Hello there, Molly, and welcome back to my podcast. I am very excited. Hi, again. Very excited to be here. You know, it's funny when I recorded last episode with you and I was doing the intro and outro after, I was like, I can't believe we didn't even speak about the journal. But I think that was meant to be because this episode is going to be all about your money planner. And I think it needs dedicated time because it's such a great journal. I'm going to put it up here on video for anyone who's watching this on video. I love it. And I love the dollar sign. It's so fun. I love the the graphic on this one. But let's get started talking about why you created this journal. Because a lot of people would say, why would you need a paper journal in today's world when you actually have loads of apps? And there are so many amazing app. So why did you decide to put it into a journal? So there was a couple of reasons. Um, One of the main ones is sometimes we can really complicate finance. And I think the journal is just a really beautiful way of simplifying it. And because really we can get so overwhelmed when we think about a budget, but it's pretty much just making sure what is coming in is less than what's going out and you allocate your money to different areas of your life, including your goals. So I think it's got this beautiful way of simplifying it. 
And I also notice as well, like, yes, there's a lot of apps out there, but a lot of people don't actually like to connect their bank accounts with apps. So again, this gives those people another option as well. And I personally, I love writing things down. You know, I think it's just a really nice, simple starting point for people who are maybe feeling a little bit overwhelmed with where do I start? And this is really what the journal's about. It's about taking them through all those different areas so they can, you know, feel confident about their next steps forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And obviously I'm very much for journaling. um, So that comes with that saying, but there's something really powerful of seeing things in front of you on paper and even even filling it in, because it's one thing to fill in a journal to start. That's that's kind of the easy bit. But then when you start tracking that budget or or looking at your goals, savings goals, there's a beautiful section. We'll talk about that in a minute for your saving goals. It's really powerful and it, it will inspire you. And I think we'll use so many apps for so many things yeah and um, having a really simple journal and also having a journal with one thing in it like not having lots of different things but actually having everything in one place yes absolutely so this is just for your money so if you've got like you know you've got a daily journal this isn't this this is just for your finances your thoughts your feelings about money and also I think another benefit for anyone who's a visual person and there's a lot of us out there to actually see it in front of you versus trying to spread sheets, even though, you know, and I think technology absolutely has its part, obviously, mm-hmm. we can't live without that. And I'm not saying that, but actually um, working through a journal is so much nicer than sitting on a spreadsheet, especially if you're on a computer all day anyway. Oh, absolutely. And I am. So the fact that I can take my journal down to the beach or I can take it to a cafe, doesn't matter yeah. if my, my battery is running flat. It doesn't matter if I don't have Wi-Fi. I can just start, yeah, start filling out those different areas. So who did you make this journal for? So I pretty much made it for anyone who feels a bit out of control with their money or their spending. You know, I look at our Ladies Finance Club audience We've got around 65,000 women across our different platforms and I hear different things from them all the time. There's definitely a big chunk of women who like to write it down. They like pen and paper and they do say they're like, I'm old school. And I'm like, not really. Like, you know, we've got all these different options, but sometimes it's overwhelming and just going back to pen and paper. And I actually tell people when they first start getting on top of their money and their budget, I say, just jot it down just do an estimate first. And that's what I love in the journal where there's actually people can put what they think. They've they've got their budget and then they've got the actual number so they can compare as well. Because a lot of the time we can underestimate how much we're spending in different areas, especially around groceries, especially around food. You know, it's really, it's for everyone. And even if you are really good with your finances, you know, it's not very often in life we get to do reviews. And at the end of each chapter, at the end of each month, you actually get to review. And so I'm really excited as well, because we're going to do this on our accountability sessions where we go, okay, what did you do well? What could you have done better? It's good to take that time out as well to have that big reflection. And then what are my next actions for next month? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've said this many times on this podcast, but um, I went for a 12-hour walk a few months ago, last year sometimes. And um, the first two hours when I, we were not supposed to listen to anything and we were not supposed to, it was just a, a walk with yourself. And I was following um, a guy who did who came up with this concept. He's been on the podcast as well. Really great episode to listen to in, another time. But uh, the first two hours, I had so much in my head and I just kept thinking about the same thing. And then I had a tiny little, little journal with me in my pocket and a pen and I just sat down and I just 
got it all out mm. on paper and I just felt so much better. And sometimes I think when I say that people really think that's not really true but when you start putting things on paper you just get it out of your head and you see it and I think for for something like money where a lot of people have a lot of angst actually we had a session in the dream life coaching session last night talking about financial freedom and what that is because that's the theme for June everyone is different everyone have different view on money and I think sometimes when you just start putting those thoughts with the time of journaling and changing that mindset is is really really powerful and I think there's nothing better than doing that on paper versus digitally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I said it in the last episode, but you know, we spend all this time going out to work to earn this money and then we don't learn how to manage it or organize it. So actually having this dedicated time where you can actually write it all out, it's so powerful and it's going to really help you choose your values and where you want to spend your money. Yeah, absolutely. So in the start of the journal, you are getting us to think about our money memories from our childhood. Why do you think that that is so important? Yeah, it really helps us understand our approach to money and why we might do certain things and have certain patterns. So going back to those early memories of, okay, what were my first memories of money? How did I behave with it, money? Is there anything now that I do Um, that I did back then as well. And I know for me, my very first money um, memory of like actually receiving money was, which sounds so bad because I don't know what people were doing, giving a child a scratchy, but I got a scratchy when I was little and I won $25. And when you're like six, that's huge. I went and bought a dress for my doll. But then I looked back when I was in my like mid-20s and the only thing that had changed was I was spending that money on a dress for myself not my doll and I still had this money comes in I quick I need to spend it as soon as I can and so I was like oh wow like my patterns haven't changed at all since I was a child and again we spoke about it on the other podcast but for those who hadn't heard of it our money memories are made up by the time we're seven years old and are very heavily influenced by our parents so it's really good just to actually spend the time thinking about okay how did our parents behave with money what did we used to do? How is that now working for me or against me? And, um, you know, we don't get to do this exercise very often in life. So, you know, it's, I think it's really important to actually get it down on paper, really think about those things. A friend of mine, she grew up on a farm. There was always a drought. They were always kind of literally saving for a rainy day. So she um, had to work through that, those early money memories and those money beliefs around, you know, You have to hoard your money because you never know when you're going to need it for a rainy day, even though she didn't work on a farm anymore, like in a completely different circumstance. But there's always like these different memories that we hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. I think starting thinking about that in a journal for yourself is a really good way before we actually start talking to people about money because mm. I, I feel a lot of people have a real issue talking about money and I love talking about money because mm. I love learning and I love to hear what people are doing because that's how you learn. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I think having that journaling part is really, really important. Yeah, and that's what I love about the whole journal is we're actually getting to focus on this thing that we're told as women it's taboo that it's rude to talk about so by like you know working on this every single week or month it's really normalizing it as well yeah absolutely I love the session about the money beliefs why do you think it's so important to be aware and how do we actually then reframe our beliefs 
I find beliefs fascinating. I find behavioral finance fascinating. The messages we tell ourselves is what we believe and how we behave. And it's amazing some of the beliefs we tell ourselves about money. I'm just not meant to be wealthy or making money is going to be really hard or I'm not smart enough to make money or if I have lots of money, it's going to turn me bad or evil or, you know, people stop loving me if I have too much money or constantly worried that I'm going to run out of money. So we're very good at telling ourselves all these things about money. So I wanted to put this in the journal because it's really important to actually think about those beliefs and ask ourselves, is this really true? And generally they're not. Going back to those money memories will help us recognize maybe where they've stemmed from and then shifting that belief, changing it, reframing it. And I use this example all the time because it's one that comes up a lot with our LFC ladies is like that belief of like, I'm never going to be able to afford a house. I'm just never going to be able to afford one. Like, have you seen the cost of like living? And then what's going to happen is their brains is going to look for evidence. The media, interest rises, it's not a good time. The action, never going to do anything about it. Result, no home. Whereas, you know, if you change that belief, instead of saying, I'm never going to be able to afford a home, I'm going to be able to afford a house one day. Like I'm going to be able to afford a home. I'm going to become a homeowner. You know, you start looking for evidence. Okay, how can I do this? Okay, I need to talk to a mortgage broker. I need to find out how much do I need to have to buy. Okay, I need to look for other options. Maybe I can't buy in my city. Maybe I can buy in another city. Maybe I can look for government schemes. I can buy with a friend. I can use my parents as guarantors. You're going to do those things. You're going to take action and, you know, you will become a homeowner. You know, you hear amazing stories about how people literally started with nothing and they built up their deposit. I really do believe where there is a will, there is a way. And yes, it's going to be difficult, but you've got to have that belief to start with. And then there's other beliefs as well. I was on a podcast the other day talking to teachers and this is something I hear a lot with teachers saying, well, you know, I've chosen to do a really good caring job. So I've kind of just given into the fact that it doesn't make much money and I'm, I'm just not going to be wealthy in my life. Whereas in my current season of podcast, I interviewed three teachers who have incredible multi-million dollar property portfolios. And so again, it's just that the beliefs and changing those beliefs and educating yourself, taking action. And it's, it's really exciting when you start identifying those beliefs and realizing that, oh, I can change this. This yeah. isn't actually my real belief. This is just something that, you know, maybe society's told me or I've told myself. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I moved from Sweden to Australia, you know, when I'm making a lot of money back then. And um, some of my friends said, oh, I'm just going to give in to the fact that I can't go to Sweden every year. And for me, that was really important. Mm-hmm. That was like one of my top dreams was like every year go home and see my you know, see my parents and my family. So when people said that, I was like, no, you're like, that might be the case right now, but it's like reframe that. How can I actually afford this and how can I find a way? Yeah, absolutely. Like I have this belief that I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to have a property portfolio. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet, but I have a I complete belief that it's going to happen. It does start with the mindset. And, you know, yesterday in the Dream Life Coaching session that we had, which was all about financial freedom. Sometimes when you're stuck in a job and you you have more bills than you have income, et cetera, so mm-hmm. it's really quite hard to actually reimagine it. But if you actually yeah. just thought, if I could start again and if I could just start fresh and start dreaming about it, then mm-hmm. you are able to then find ways versus just shutting it off. Because obviously when you're shutting it off, there's no way of going from there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. 
to create financial freedom, we need to set goals. How do we get started with that? And how do we break it down each month in the planner? I absolutely love that setting goals. And I love how you yeah. have done like the short term, the medium and the long term. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, really important to have those short, medium and long term goals. And as I always say, these goals can change. Once you write them down, it's not like you have to stick to them if you if you change your mind. But I think with the short, medium, long term, I know for me, when I first started writing out goals, I'd get really overwhelmed. I'd be like, I don't even know where to start. So I feel like when you do the short, medium, long term, you know, it actually go. It, it just helps you kind of set it out. It makes it clearer. And then there's another section in the journal where we help you actually break down your goals because something I hear really common, especially with women with money, is I want to save more money and that's their goal. I've got so many questions around that. I'm like, how much? By when? What is it for? Because these are all the things that are going to give you a plan and keep you accountable to your goals. So when they say, well, I want to save my emergency fund. Okay, so I'm going to need, okay, three to six months worth of expenses. So I'm going to need about 8K to do that. Okay, so what does that, what's that broken down to? How much do you need to be putting away? When do you want to have that done that by? And so then, they, yeah, it's really great to see then they get this plan and then they get really focused on it and then they start saying no to other things because they're so committed to setting up this emergency fund and they know their why because it's going to bring them a sense of financial security and it's going to be the first step and it means that they can start building their wealth and it's so exciting. So I think, yeah, when you can really break down those goals and, uh, again, that's what I love, the, the structure of this journal. So again, it takes you through those goals. And then every month we make you write out your goals. And I think it's so important to do that. I remember Denise Duffield Thomas, who's a mindset coach, a money mindset coach. She said the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire is millionaire writes down their goals every day. A billionaire writes it down multiple times a day. So, you know, making sure that when we write down our goals, it's not just something we put in a book never to be seen again. We're writing them out constantly. We're putting them around ourselves. Like if you look at my phone screensaver right now, it's what I want this year. So yeah, keeping it top and yeah, priming our brain to look for those opportunities to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I have my kind of life vision that I read every night and every morning and it just keeps it and then I have now created a new way and I haven't spoken much about this on the podcast but it will come Mm -hmm. soon for the new year and that is to have um, so I have a vision board for all my big things but then I actually have started doing an action board which is all the actions I want to take so they are breaking they've broken down so in a smaller chunk versus the big vision one so that's really helpful too because then if you see it every day and you can obviously put that those kind of pictures into your journal as well which makes it even more compelling in terms of seeing it like for, if, for example if you're you know planning to buy your first home etc there was something I wanted to talk about which I think is really important and that is habits there is a habit tracker in the journal which I obviously love but I love for you to talk through maybe some of the habits that we could change because when I did that in the journal and I did this last year as well but you can do it in any area so last year I looked at how much money I spent on coffee and I love coffee and I I'm a big believer that if if your coffee it brings you so much joy in terms of going to the community to buy it or if you love it so much absolutely for it but I actually because I got because this was, I actually, it wasn't last year, it was during COVID that I did this the first time. And that was because lockdown and and then we moved to another 
uh, area and the coffee wasn't as good. So I actually got my sister to send me my Swedish coffee machine, which I love. (laughs) And I worked out that I spent over $3,500 a year on coffee. And then if you live with a partner who does the same, that's like, you know, $7,000 and it all adds up and I'm not saying you know and I absolutely love going out for coffee but I actually if I now choose to go out versus going in because I love my coffee so much I then think what can I do with that money like that could be go towards saving and I'm not just talking coffee this could be alcohol as well so when I did a many years ago I did a year without alcohol which actually ended up three and a half years but that year I decided to, before I did it, because I knew it would be a bit of a challenge because I love wine, I decided to work out how much do I spend roughly on wine a week. And then I thought that actually adds up to, and I did it quite conservatively because I think when you're out and stuff, it's even more. And, um, and I did it mainly, you know, what I spend to drink at home. And one of my dreams is to do two health retreats a year. And I thought if I quit alcohol, that pays for absolutely one, if not more. And it's an interesting way and, and, you know, everyone will be different. So not everyone want to give up coffee or alcohol. It could be anything like fashion. And I used to be like that, but now I'm like, now I just want to buy a few really good pieces versus going to get that hit. And it's like that retail therapy that, you know, we have in different areas. So let's talk about a little bit of habits, how we can change that and how, how we can, I guess, track that in our journal to, to keep, keep track of that. Yeah, absolutely. So especially for maybe people who have been neglecting their finances a little bit or they don't like to look at their finances, I've just put in some examples here. And a really good one is just checking your bank account every single day. Just checking it, just going in, having a look. Literally last week I checked because I, as you can imagine, I'm checking my bank accounts a lot, looked at my my business bank account and there have been fraudulent transactions in there. So not only is it good to actually, you know, just get familiar, get comfortable with looking at money, but also things go wrong. Like, so I had to like cancel the card, like checking your bank account, having a habit tracker where, you know, you don't browse online shopping for a, a week. And I really like that these are a week long because I'm, I would like to say I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I, I'm in training, Christina, but I'm nowhere near as um, amazing as you at sticking to something. So for me, it's about what are the short term wins? No spending for a week or no spend Mondays, creating rules for yourself around, okay, I'm going to wait 24 hours whenever I want to buy something. Or if I buy something, I'm going to put the same amount, especially if it's like a luxury good or like a shopping item, I'm going to put the same amount into shares or I'm going to put the same amount into my goal saving amount. I'm just going to check my super fund once once a week for a month just to get into the habit of not being scared of these things, not feeling overwhelmed by them. I'm going to put a couple in my habits as well, just small little personal wins for me as, as well around, I know it sounds a bit random, but for me, you know, I chew my nails. It's gross. I've been trying to stop it. But when I can tick something and so like I haven't done it today, then you don't want to break the link of ticks. <laughs> um, and also I spend a bit of money on my nails. So I know that I'm going to save money if I stop chewing my nails because then I'll have beautiful nails. It will be cost effective. So actually just having that thing where you can tick it and you don't want to break the, break the ticks. <laughs> I would love to hear from people as well, like from their experience of doing it and what they put in their habit tracker as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can think of a lot of them that could really help. Just being aware, it's, it's just checking your bank account um, and also writing down what your financial freedom number is. We did an exercise yesterday. It's like 
what would you like to have? Like, what is the amount that you think, even as a passive income yearly or as a, as a, some people think it as a retirement fund, or maybe it is for me, what is financial freedom? What do I need to have to live on so I can choose Mm. whatever I want to do? And for me, financial freedom is actually not about the money. It's about the time, having the time to choose to do whatever I want, whenever I want it, with whoever I want to do it with. And I think that is the ultimate freedom that all of us ultimately want so yeah yeah. I know there in the journal there is a meal plan and um, I love that because we waste so much money on not planning and also wasting food they've actually estimated that Aussies waste 2,500 a year in edible food yeah crazy and and I, I can actually probably think of that sometimes more because sometimes when we buy food and we're not planning you we buy a lot of things that we probably don't use on top of that we sometimes feel like oh, I just want to do takeaway or something today so then you spend money on takeaway as well as wasting what you had a plan so can you give us some tips on how to do some meal planning through the journal absolutely so there's a section where you can write your shopping list and then you can also yeah write out what your meals are for the week in the month and you know it takes such little time to actually think of recipe ideas write out the ingredients but we don't do it we don't make that time for ourselves no. we get to the supermarket and if you're like me I'm always like huh um, Mexican, Mexican. I can't think of anything to cook. <laughs> and so I end up with bags of spinach, like random green things that just die in my fridge. So what I've done is, first of all, I went through, I looked at how much was I spending on groceries each week. The number actually wasn't too bad, but I'm, I'm a single gal. I don't have kids or a family or a dog. Mine was coming in around a, under $100 a week. And so then it was my challenge to actually go, okay, can I stick to around that? But I'm going to try and do one takeaway out, one night out with my girlfriends, but the rest I'm going to cook at home. And so I got some recipes together. I just literally went on taste.com, picked a few things I like the look of, bought the ingredients for it, meal prepped, which is, I know for some people where they're like, yeah, like meal prepping is easy for some people. My mate, he loves meal prepping, so good at it. For me, it's such a challenge for my sister challenge for us we really have to like put the time aside and then what happened was I had food for the week I was eating really healthy and I felt full all the time because I was eating good food and with Coles and Woolworths as well they make it quite easy where you can actually go through recipes and then just go add to cart and it will add all the ingredients to your carts to that recipe so like you don't even have to like literally do it. And I think that's another really good hack around meal prepping as well is actually doing it online. Because when you go into the grocery store, you get so tempted, especially with Audi, they have that really fun aisle where that's literally what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to impulse buy. So actually when you do it online, you're you're more likely to stick to your list and impulse less. But yeah, it's literally just about spending that time. You know, if you've got a partner, do it with your partner. You've got kids, do it with your family, take it in turns and actually coming up with what what are our meals. Some people like to eat the same thing every single night for a week. Good on them. That's not me. I could probably do it for like two nights in a, in a row. But again, working out, okay, what's going to be Monday, Tuesday? What's going to be Wednesday, Thursday? Maybe Friday's your treat night. That's your takeaway night. But yeah, I think what I love in this journal is 
when you you can actually write it down in the journal, you can take the journal to your local supermarket and you can actually have a shopping list and follow a shopping list and be that person who has a shopping list. And there's also another section where you can put in like your different like if you run out of cleaning items, all that kind of stuff. So you can pop that in as well. And then you can look for those specials when you get to the store. I also think that when you plan your meals, you also think about your health. So, so you know, it's one thing to spend the money, but then also because I like to buy organic as much as I possibly can, and that's more expensive. But then if I compare to like just buying out, then obviously it's not. And it's just really what we what we choose to to spend our money on. I found an online organic company as well called Part and Parcel, and they do apparently the cheapest organic food in Australia. Oh, fantastic. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. We'll um, we'll link to that in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested in looking at that. Now I'm going to talk about a word that will get a lot of people shiver, which is debt. How do we use a debt tracker in the journal and why do you feel like we need that? With a debt tracker, we're generally talking about high interest debt. So things with like, you know, anything over like a four to five percent interest rate. So we're not necessarily like you can totally use it for your mortgage or your student debt, but really we're talking about the bad debt here, the yeah. I now pay laters, the credit cards, the personal loans, because this is what we want to make the priority to get rid of um, first. And there's lots of different ways you can get out of debt, but the snowball method, and we've put a snowball tracker template in the journal, this is the one that the experts say works every time. This is what the people tell us works every time. And so really quickly, what it is, is you're writing down all your debts. And this can be scary. And for some people, this is the first time they've done it. But you get it out. And the exciting thing is, like, again, do that reframe of, like, I'm getting on top of my debt. I'm coming up with a plan for my debt as you yeah. write these out as well. So you write down all your debts, everything from the small parking fine to maybe money over a, a sibling or a parent. Write it all down smallest to largest. So it might be, you know, you might be starting with a $50 parking ticket and then it might be, um, you know, $150 on a buy now, pay later, 1000 on a credit card. So you write them down and then you do everything you can do to get rid of the smallest debt first while meeting all the minimum repayments on your other debts. But the idea with the snowball method is you get rid of the small one first and you get an immediate win. You get a quick win. You get that hit of dopamine. You get that. I'm actually taking action here. You can cross it off your list. You can have all the small little like, I don't know, a cupcake or a massage, whatever you want to do to celebrate. And then you focus on the next debt. Sometimes people try and pay off the debt with the largest interest rate first and it's just like chipping away, chipping away at this big pile and they don't see anything happening. They get distracted, they give up. So when you can work on the smallest and then getting rid of that, getting that win, okay, the next one, it puts you on a roll and it works and it's so exciting. I had a lady reach out just like literally two days ago and she's like, I just paid off my last credit card and I've cut it up, you know, and they use these snowball methods. So it works. So definitely um, follow that tracker and just know that you can get on top of this, but you've got to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Gratitude is a, a big part of financial freedom and a, a little bit like what we've spoken about, that once you're aware of it and you have it on top of your mind, how do we then transfer that over to gratitude? Because I think that that's such a big part of almost feeling abundant, you know, oh, starting now. Yes. yes, I know. And I think a lot of us are brought up with scarcity mindsets where there's not enough for everyone, money doesn't grow in trees, 
but there's this Oprah quote I love and she says, be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you'll never ever have enough. And I think with gratitude, and this is something that I I practice and I'm still practicing and I'm definitely not like, um, I'm not nailing it, but I'm getting there. Just thinking about each day, what am I, what am I grateful for? It's amazing the health benefits. Like when you read the health benefits of gratitude, you're like, if this was a vitamin, I'd be taking it. It like reduces your blood pressure. You're in a better mood. It makes you more generous. It improves your relationships. It helps depressive symptoms, better sleep, all this stuff. So I think with money, it, we can get really caught up with what we don't have. And it can be very like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or as I like to call it, keeping up with the Kardashians. But really at the end of the day, we have such a privileged life. And so, you know, we've got to make sure that times, like even with the cost of living rising, we have roofs over our heads, we've got food, we have a government that will support us. So, you know, we've got a lot to be grateful for. So I think it's just really important to put that gratitude in. There's a mantra that goes every month in the diary as well. So, you know, that month, you can say that mantra every morning in the mirror. I know I do it every time I spend money. I go, this is going to come back to me. Just taking that time out. And um, I know kind of gratitude is a bit of a buzzword. And as I said in my book, it's always accompanied by a girl on a swing in Bali, like hashtag gratitude. But it, it is really true and, and it works. I, I'm genuinely feeling it in my whole body. Like I have a little ritual. So I do my morning ritual, but then when I get back from dropping off Axel in the morning because I drop him every morning now and he's changed school. And um, when I come back, I sit down in silence for five minutes mm-hmm. and just, I'm just so grateful. Like it's in my whole, whole body. <laughs> I've practiced this for a long time. So it might take a while, but I, I generally feel so grateful for so many things. Mm-hmm. Does not mean that I'm satisfied with everything. Doesn't mean yeah. that I don't have big goals and dreams, yeah. of course, but there are so many things. And, and, you know, I just came back from a week in Bali, which was just so amazing and probably my dream holiday because it was everything incorporated in that that I will love and that's not always possible when you have a family and you want to do so many different things and also there's so much to see in the world but like the week that I had was really just a health retreat with everything that I love in there and a lot of thinking time and every single day I just felt so grateful. Yeah and I think I wanted to put in the journal just as another prompt to remind because you know even like it gets busy you forget like you know yeah. even though I have like the reminder in my phone sometimes I'll be like oh I'll do it later and then you just don't remember so you know I put that in the journal because I'm like oh, you know for me I want to I, I use this journal I want to remember to do yeah. my gratitude yeah yeah absolutely I love all the graphics because I'm a real visual person and I love the saving goals can you just give us a bit of a tip beloved you know for anyone who's watching this uh, there's um the hearts which I love and uh, can you give us a bit of just a, a tip on how to get that started like how to think about creating a saving goal Yeah. So just get really clear on what that saving goal is, whether it's, you know, you're saving for a car, a holiday, um, a house deposit and working out what is the amount you want. And then you can kind of break it into, you can break it into how many kind of hearts or boxes there are. This is your journal. You can do it how you want, but you might want to break it into your pay. So if you get paid weekly or fortnightly or monthly, you might want to break the goals into that much. And then how much are you going to put aside? I think as well with finance, like it's it's good when you've got a bit of order in there as well. When you've got everything coming from the one account, it can get really financially messy and you're like trying to save the business and you're trying to put some money in, you know, in that and then you're paying bills with it. So I would actually 
almost create a separate account, a separate bank account or a separate savings account for that goal. And I would give it the title as well of that savings goal. So if it's at the saving for a car or saving for a house, you call it my dream car, my dream house, or even call it the type of car, like get specific and then set up an automation. So each paycheck or each time you pay yourself, that money is going and it's going into that bank account. And then you can give it a tick in your savings plan in the back of the journal. And, you know, if you have to miss a week or miss a month, then you can work out whether you want to pay double or you can make it work. Again, personal finance is personal. It's your money. You can do what you want with it, but this just helps bring order to it. And again, it's going to make saying no to other things so much easier, which I think sometimes is half the battle. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Thank you. I'm curious to find out what's your favorite in the journals, like, you know, probably naming your favorite child, which is impossible (laughs) for you here, but what's your favorite? Yeah. So I love, and it's, it's literally why I created it this way. I love the month by month. So you can, because what I wanted to do with the journal is just be like, okay, if you're feeling a bit financially out of control, this is the starting point. What are the goals? What are we working towards here? So you write down those goals. And then also I wanted a place where you can list out what is the expenses and incomes for that month. You might be someone who wants to do this at the end of the month, or you might be someone like me who wants to write it down as you go. And so then by the time you get to the end of the month, it's it's quite easy. You just add it up and then you work out what your income was. Because sometimes we forget, we don't track our income and we might get money from dividends if we're investors. We might get money from a present. We might get a bonus at work. And also it's that, I think that gratitude as well, like money is coming into my life. I'm making money um, and being grateful for it and knowing that this money is a tool for me to live the, my, my life the way I want. So having that income, looking at those expenses, but then I love the reflection as well because this is what we do at Ladies Finance Club and, and it's interesting. Some people will be like, oh, I don't really know what my reflection is this week. They think about it for three, four minutes and they're like, oh my God, I'm proud of this that I did this month that I'm proud I did this and this and they've got like this energy and again, it brings this excitement back to their finances. And then also, you know, we always know there's areas we can improve in. And it's always interesting hearing your reflections at the moment as well. A lot of them around spending and it's like, if you're reflecting on the same things each month, okay, what can we put in place? So if your spending is getting out of control, if you are blowing out on nights out, okay, what can we put in place to make sure these things don't keep happening and actually just taking that time to really think about how am I behaving with money? Do I want to change it? How can I change it? And keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. Mine is definitely the the monthly plan with the short-term, the medium and long-term goals because I think if we do that every month, then eventually we'll we will get it. So for some for someone who starts and it's completely overwhelming, if we just start with what are the short-term goals, what are the medium goals, and what are the long-term goals? And then we write them down every time. And then we put the main actions around that that you have in the journal and also the habit tracker based on those. Then there's just no way that we won't improve. It might not be perfect. And we're always about progress, not perfection on this podcast. <laughs> and I just feel like then there just, there's just, just no way that you can't get there. Like it's like with everything. It's any dream that you have, financial or non-financial, if you're really clear and and you take a little bit of an action each day. But if you start with a journal and just do a monthly re- reflection and then reflect, as you said, every month, just what did I do well? What didn't I do so well? And it's an opportunity to start fresh every single day. And it works. Like we see these women in Ladies Finance Club and they'll be like, 
I did all my goals this month. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. That's awesome. Yeah. But they're always surprised themselves. Yeah. I'm like, I did it. Like, I need new goals now. I've already done my goals. I'm like, that's that's a good, yeah. that's a good problem to have. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because people say, oh, I set them so low so I achieve them. And I'm like, that's perfect because once you get the momentum, then <laughs> you set a new one. And, and so maybe you get lots of small ones done for the first few months, but eventually you will then – have the courage to do bigger ones and um, and work on those. And I see that like there's this one girl in our club and I've seen it. She started small and now she's buying her second third investment property yeah. and it's like you've seen you've seen her progress so much. It's really yeah. great. Yeah, so inspiring. Well, I am so grateful and excited to have done this collab with you and the Ladies Finance Club and um I can't wait to hear our podcast listeners to actually do the work and then hear hear back. So for anyone listening and starting, we'd love to hear from you because it's nothing more rewarding. So thank you, Molly, for trusting us to create this beautiful journal and for all your knowledge and inspiration to help us have financial freedom because that's what we ultimately want. Oh, thank you so much for making it so beautiful. I absolutely love it. That was so inspiring. If you are inspired now to take some action obviously the journal is a great start and also if you need some support we are going to talk about all things financial freedom in the dream love coaching program so if that sounds interesting to you just go to your dream to find out more and if you are not sure you can book in a time with me and we can discuss if that is right for you financial freedom for me is all about choosing what to do with your time and um, uh, if you're a frequent listener I always say life is short so make sure that you make the most of your life and to do that we all need some finances to support that so that's what we're going to focus on in June Elna I would love for you to join me if that is the right thing for you as always I'll be back next week so have the most wonderful week and I'll see you then